0: From the Brooklyn Paper building in our Brooklyn Paper studios in beautiful downtown Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm your host, Vince DiMasselli, along here with my cohort and co-host,
1: Tony Rituno. Tony? Vince, did you mention we're in Brooklyn? We are. We are in Brooklyn. It's America's downtown. The only downtown that matters in America.
0: Yeah, we say that every
1: week. We should come up with something else. But... It sounds so good, rolling off your tongue.
0: Listen, we have a lot to talk about today. I know you want to get into this whole thing in Korea and North Korea with, with Trump. I know you're anxious to talk about it. and Super we're, local. We're going to get to it. Yeah. We're going to get to we it. And we're going to have Justin it. Brannon on today. Councilman Justin Brannon, he's going to be calling in from uh, Bay Ridge or from Manhattan or somewhere, and we're going to talk about what happened at uh, Fort Hamilton uh, Army Base this week. That's yeah. the, the big piece of the, Ongoing, big, big yeah. piece of the puzzle. Uh, we're going to get to that soon. But, uh, you know, we got to start the show as we always do. And uh, you just let me know how you're doing. How's it going?
1: It's going really well. You know, I, since we were here last, um, I think we've laughed, we've cried. And, you know, we've done some great work here at the paper, uh, you know, no less than 20 minutes ago, publishing what is our latest. Blind Spots Exposé. Oh,
2: Blind
0: Spots. That's a big thing that we're doing here. That's about how the things that Vision Zero misses.
1: Some things that Vision Zero might miss.
0: Vision Zero being the mayor's plan to get the
1: fatalities. Yeah, eradicate traffic-related fatalities. Just get rid of them. And originally, I think it was by 2024. Now the end date has sort of disappeared from all the material. Oh, there's
0: no end date anymore.
1: No. So I don't know if that's because... He's done it. I don't think so. Or he's not giving himself um, a time frame in which to do it, because as we've found out, it's not as simple as you know black and white when it comes to prosecuting certain traffic related fatalities.
0: It's not black and white, no. Um, it clearly is. we'll talk about that later in the show as well. So, sure, yes. We will bring in, Maybe we'll bring in Julianne Cuba to talk about it for a little while.
1: Or just one Julianne and have the Maybe we need two guess. Juliannes on this show. That would be great. Maybe that's what we should do. And we could have people call in to guess who's speaking, which Julianne.
0: Yes. Well, my day has been hectic, as always. As, yeah. As you know, we had some people in from BYU to check on the interns to make sure we're not abusing them. And you haven't been abusing the interns, have you?
1: I've kept my hands... And all of my mean words to myself. I'm
0: getting an echo, Eric. Are you getting that echo? All oh, right. Is, I just that, is heard that, that going that live? Echo. If you're hearing that echo out there, let me know. You know, call in or text. Let us know if you hear the echo. Or let us know if you don't hear the echo. Oh, wait. Now it's still there. All right, but we'll we'll talk about that. And so, and you know, my my son, he's, uh, he's got a lot of days off in June. Well, it's a big month for him. It's a big. Well, he's graduating fifth grade. Exactly. But. but I don't know what's going on with the school system. The post <laughs> did a big story how they cheat on tests.
1: I saw that,
0: but the point is, there's a lot of days. Are off. Are these day.
1: unused snow days? No,
0: they're not unused snow days. It's just it seems like after the tests are done, you know, everybody just phones it in, right? Literally. And, the, and it's like, like so on Thursday, you know, I'm going to uh, big day. I'm going to uh, I'm going to medieval times class trip, senior trip. It's
1: very exciting with the fifth graders. You're not getting on a horse.
0: No, 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 but I love the chicken they serve there. And you usually don't like to eat chicken without a fork and knife or some sort of utensil. Sure. Even possibly chopsticks or whatever it might be.
1: What you use in modern times. Yeah,
0: but back in medieval times, apparently you used your hands.
1: Your nature's utensils.
0: For some reason, it works just fine. You know, Steve Jobs famously said he got rid of the pencil on the... uh, He got rid of the Newton because it had a pencil because it drove him nuts. Sorry. It drove him nuts because he had five pencils attached to his hand.
1: Well... So I've always thought you and Steve were.
0: Well, I wonder if he felt the same way when he went to the medieval times and ate that chicken. It just peels off the bone.
1: I've I've only had it once when I was a kid, and I wasn't as educated in you know fine cuisine then to appreciate.
0: I'm getting reports from our listeners via text message that they are not hearing the echo. They're
1: not. So the They're echo is that. in our minds. So Johnny,
0: or Jimmy. You'll be fine. Everything's everything's fine. And Jimmy's looking smashing today. He, he looks is, great. Is that mauve? What are you wearing? What color is that shirt? A beautiful shade of lavender. Maybe? Is it lavender? And he's got. You know what I love about him? He's all class. He's got the cufflinks. I, the
1: cufflinks are really what seals. He's the a deal. real
0: person, people. We're not just making this yeah, stuff. We don't up.
1: just talk to ourselves in the voices and echoes in our heads.
0: So what happened is uh, yesterday. Now, of course, my wife got a job. Right? Yes. So yesterday she went to, uh, she had to go to work and then she had to drop my kid with me. He came here. He came here for a very short period of time. And then we had to head home and then I had to get back to work once I got home. I had to hop on the computer. So a lot of stuff going on there.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been. It, and then
0: today was the, it was the, they have the dance festival.
1: At Vince's at his school. school? Yeah. They had
0: to do the dance fete where they go around the Maypole and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. They do the whole thing. Even though it's June, they're still doing the Maypole. The Maypole, yeah. and, yeah. and Better go- late than never. All right, so we, you know... We That's a
1: lot to keep up I with. I did
0: not go to that. I had to skip that, because at some point I got to go to work.
1: You were so busy, you texted me thinking we were having breakfast this morning. No, we were not. When? <laughs> it was almost me, but not quite.
0: Yes, it was It was my <laughs> other, other wife. Yeah. Gersh <laughs> Gunsman. So, yeah, maybe he'll call in. Who knows? I would hope so. No, we get there's a, there's a lot going on. But the thing that we really have to talk about is what happened in... Uh, down in, on Fort in, Hamilton. In Fort Hamilton and yeah. Bay Ridge this week, because we do call Fort Hamilton the fort, but Bay Ridge is the neighborhood. It's still in the
1: neighborhood. And in of order Bay Ridge. to
0: do that, we have to bring in one Julianne McShane, who's written, uh, she's been all over this story. Yeah, right?
1: She's been on it since she's, the news broke. She's a bulldog, right? Uh, yes.
0: And everybody knows what it's about, right? A gentleman was delivering food to Fort Hamilton Army Base in, in Bay Ridge and was taken into custody by agents from ICE.
1: Not the vanilla kind.
0: I don't know. Ice iced tea? Ice
1: oh. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice t- no Ice Ice Baby. The Ice of Immigration Customs Enforcement. Those are the guys.
0: Alright, let's call Julianne. I'm gonna give her a call, see if she can come in here. Can I do that? Johnny? I'm gonna try, ready? We're, we're gonna try we're gonna try Julianne. I'm gonna open the line. Open She's the line. On. Don't steal this number. Does it go? Wait, I dialed myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try it again. She, she might pick up. Can we do it again? I love these phones. Get some dialing music, Paul.
1: <laughs> you got to get that dialing music.
0: There we go. Let's see. So this is not going through the thing. It's, it's here. Do I just undo this? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired. It's going to squeak. Julianne's, Everybody can hear it. It's no problem.
1: She is so good. She's not even there to answer our call. I know. That's how diligent she is at reporting the story. Well, she's probably out on the beat. I'm sure. Johnny, can you check if she's there? I'm. I'll. I'll shoot her a text. Because
0: we still have to call Justin Brannon.
1: I'm, sh- and I know, you know, and Justin's been on the show before.
0: Oh, he's a. He's. What do they call it a friend of the show. No, McShane, not Cuba. Working with giants like working with a silent movie star.
1: I know a very well dressed silent
0: movie She's star. She's there. At the, the first cube. Right? Yeah, the first cube. Can you tell her to come in? Get her in here. She blocked us.
1: She blocked
0: the, I gotta call. I her. gotta call Justin anyway. Yeah, we can get. I can't. No, I can't do that because now our board man is gone. This show is just—it's just falling apart.
1: Well, it just goes Operating. to show you how important Johnny is. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see him, but he does everything to make it happen, folks.
0: I know he's walking outside. I guess. I guess she was on the phone. Oh, maybe she doesn't that? want.
1: Maybe she doesn't want to do the show today. Well, oh, there she is. There she is. Rang. We were worried. It never sick. rang. Oh my God. 252
0: 2527
1: t- two No 3 And pull up a chair right I near know, me. Whatever. Toss on I uh, want to bring
0: on uh Julianne McShane, one of the two Juliannes that work here. And she's been covering the story. I want you to fill us in quickly because we have to call uh Councilman Brannon as we like to call him. But why don't you give us a quickly fill us in on what happened in Bay Ridge, you know, just for the listeners.
3: So a pizza delivery man named Pablo, uh, how have we been pronouncing the last name? We haven't named him yet. Okay. Well, Pablo Calderon was delivering a pizza to Fort Hamilton Army Base in Bay Ridge. Irish Uh, guy. <laughs> from Ecuador, okay. uh, undocumented yeah, immigrant Ecuador. from Ecuador who was delivering to this base where he had apparently delivered many times before from a pizzeria in Queens, and we'll get to that in a minute when yes. we get Brandon on the phone. Yes. I got to ask about that. Keep and going. was det- ultimately detained by ICE, the Federal Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, as it is called, yes. as yes. the agency is called after, colloquially after he uh, failed to uh, show the kind of identification they wanted. Um, and it immediately attracted national attention uh, from people who were outraged that someone who was seeming seemingly uh, completely innocent was unfairly detained.
0: But he wasn't completely innocent. I mean this guy had an order to right. leave the country.
3: Yes, but I'm saying protesters who protested it claimed that he was not a threat and was there right, well, that's different detained. than being completely innocent. Yes. I mean none of us
0: are innocent no no, no. you know what Clint Eastwood said an unforgiven.
1: Remind us.
0: We all got it coming. Well. We all got it coming.
1: Jimmy loves that seen it. Clint Clint has seen a thing or two, I will say.
0: (laughs) We all got it coming.
1: We do. And and our commenters have been, you know, this story has kind of drawn them all out, Mm -hmm. as I'm sure Julianne. I heard it was
0: blowing up on the Twitter. It, it is up on the Twitter.
3: well. Our story about the uh, sort of uh, discrimination that other delivery men have also claimed to face there has blown up on Twitter.
0: All right, I, I, we got to get Brandon on the phone. Yeah, but who else have you talked to about this? Like, like politicians and stuff. Who's come out?
3: Uh, so interestingly, we can talk to Councilman Brandon about this. He's the only local politician, uh, you know, specifically representing that neighborhood, who's come out defending. Pablo, um, Senator Golden, who represents the neighborhood, and Congressman Dan Donovan have said that the personnel there were doing their job.
0: I will point out, mm-hmm. Justin Brown is a Democrat. Yes,
3: yes, and
0: uh, and and Golden and Those um, two, uh, Donovan are are
3: Republicans. Republicans. Yes. yes, both in election years, also election year Republicans. So this this yeah. this this is it's divided. An issue. This I is mean, divided Yes. Yeah, party lines. Party lines, right?
1: Uh, I the mayor, a Democrat. The governor, a Democrat, have also sided with Brannon. Yes. On Where is Cynthia Nixon on this?
3: She sides with Pablo, of course. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's come it. out saying that, but obviously... All right, we've got to get
0: Brannon on the she's phone. She's having yes. a cosmopolitan. Now, you've spoken to him about it, but this is the first time he's going to come on the radio and talk about this live on Brooklyn Paper yes. Radio. So let's do that. Johnny, we're going to hit these buttons here. We're going to try to do it this way. There we go, like this, if I go... All right. Don't just give me some dialing music. <laughs> All right, you gotta, you gotta cover that up. Oh, we're getting a busy signal. What was that? Let me try that again. How's that possible? Can you still get busy signals these days? I'm still... All I have is a busy signal. Ooh. I like the dialing music, John. beautiful. Yeah. Interesting. The dulcet tones of our dialing music. All right, it's going through. Hey, is that Councilman Justin Brannan? No. You want him? Hey, yeah. It's uh, (laughs) Vince DiMasselli at Brooklyn Paper Radio. We'd love to get him on the line right now. There you go. Thanks. We'll All right, listen. we can get rid of the uh, the music.
1: <laughs> We're, we've made it.
4: Hello, hello.
0: Hey, there he is, Councilman Justin Brennan, on the phone right now. We're are we br- live? We are live. We are doing We're it. We're going live. We are doing it live with uh, Brooklyn Paper Radio. You're here with Vince DiMascelli. That's me, Tony. Hello, Councilman. Tony Rattuno. And, of course, Julianne McShane. Say hello.
3: Hi, Councilman. How are you? All right. Where's Listen, Johnny? He's not there. Johnny's, Johnny's here. here.
0: He's wearing his nice mauve purple shirt and uh, <laughs> lavender with uh, with what are those called? Cufflinks. Cufflinks. He looks wow, good. Wow, he got all dressed up for radio. He did. Yeah. He looks better than most of us. <laughs> I'm getting a call from Los Angeles, California. All right. So we just filled everybody in with what's happened here in, uh, in what we call Bay Ridge. Some people call it Fort Hamilton. We don't. We call it Fort Hamilton Army Base and then Bay Ridge. But here's the big question that I have that no one has answered regarding this situation. And you can answer it for me. Why the hell were they ordering food at Fort Hamilton Army Base from Queens? Go.
4: <laughs> well, uh, I think they buried the lead. Um, yeah, um, that was the first question I had. I mean, you have about 3,000 pizzerias within, you know, four inches of the Army Base. Um But seriously, apparently, why they were ordering from this place because they had some sort of contract with them or something for catering where Mm. they had ordered from them many times in the past. And actually, the the question you just raised Uh was how we found out that Pablo had been there many times before because they ordered from the same place many times um, and they knew this guy. So he wasn't just delivering one or two pizzas. He was delivering... Sort of like a catering order, which I guess would be a bunch of pizzas and some other stuff. So,
0: so my next question, of course, is, why do they have a catering contract with a pizzeria in Queens?
4: Yeah, I have I, that. I cannot answer. I don't know. Clearly, they they uh, they have, they're misinformed.
3: The manager there told me that he had a relationship. He had built up a relationship with them because he had previously managed other restaurants and had a relationship with the base going back years but could not tell me where those restaurants were so there's a lot of <laughs> unanswered <laughs> questions
1: maybe even further afield yeah yeah very well,
4: sketchy
0: it just seems it just seems odd that that's the case uh, like you can you walk down the block in bayridge you th- you can't throw a chicken without hitting a pizza or wait a dead cat you can't throw a dead cat without hitting a good pizzeria right mm-hmm. I no, throw, absolutely not. i have tried all right, so now tell us what you guys are trying to do. Uh, uh, you guys are clearly trying to protect this individual. Oh, and I'd also like to point out that for many years I was a driver. I, I used to deliver Chinese food. As, as all of my fans know, mm-hmm. I delivered Chinese food for Lum Chin and Pagoda Delight between the ages wow, of... Wow, Lum Chin. L- yeah, remember Lum Chin? In ba- there was course. one in Bay Ridge.
4: Fourth Avenue and 92nd Street.
0: Unfortunately, I was doing it in outer Bay Ridge on Staten Island, but it's a whole different story. But it, it's not that much of a different story. The point is... When I was delivering Chinese food, if they told me I had to go to Andrevet Street in Tottenville, I said I'm not going.
1: You'd say You know how much money?
0: You know how much money I lose by doing that delivery? Because now I'm not doing all the other deliveries
1: because it's so right. far away. You lose the time ta- the deliveries and the time it takes to get there and back. Well, I think
4: that that had been reported somewhere too that these guys were also not the best tippers. That sometimes they'd give Pablo two or three dollars. Um,
0: Maybe that was part of the deal. Maybe that's why they kept going because they knew to get away with it without a tip. Because right. if you didn't tip me, you got your food last. There was no doubt about that. You got uh, your gotcha. food last. They don't seem to care. They didn't care.
1: I, I don't you understand. Don't I mean, I guess the food. thing
4: I don't understand is that even if there was a different guy at the at the guard booth that day, whatever it is if they weren't satisfied with the ID that Pablo presented, then they should have just sent him away. You know, um, the fact that they, you know, brought him in and then interrogated him and all this, this whole thing escalated is is strange. I don't know why, you know, I would assume that if, if, you know, a person drove up to the Army base and tried to gain access and had insufficient ID, they'd be told, sorry, you cannot enter. Not, yes, please enter so we can now you know, ruin your life.
1: <laughs> right. Trap you further. Um, Councilman Brandon, we're holding a copy of the letter you sent to uh, the New York field office uh, of ICE the day before a judge postponed Pablo's deportation. What, you know, over the last couple of days since that happens on, happened on Saturday, tell us what you know, where is he, and what, you know, you and your fellow um advocates for his full release are doing now like where do we where does the situation stand
4: well um, you know we've just continued to bang the drum behind the scenes but i have really let some of the professionals take over you know make the road new york and the new york immigration uh... coalition um, are folks that you know unfortunately uh... you know fight this sort of thing on a daily basis Um, So the last I heard, um, I believe he had been moved from New Jersey and was being held in Brooklyn, possibly. Um, You know, the the thing, and now he's got to stay until the 20th of July, which is great. um, But, you know, because he's got two kids under 10, he's certainly not a flight risk. um, You know, we'd love to to reunite him with his family until Mm -hmm. the 20th of July um, you know, obviously I'd rather have him here than, than be deported, but, you know, keeping him away from his family is, you know, is not helpful and defeats the purpose here. So, um, that's sort of the next fight, but, you know, there's, um, you know, there's, there's folks working on this now that, that do this, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So I'm sort of letting them take the lead because, um, you know, I feel like I, I sounded the alarm and, and got the ball rolling, and hopefully we can we can get a good uh, a good resolution here. I have to give a shout out to the Span- Spanish language media because I actually saw the the only way I even knew about this was from reading a very small article on El Diario hmm. that was already a couple of days old. Um, El Diario, of course, the only paper I read besides the Brooklyn Paper. Um,
1: <laughs> Thank you. So
4: it was a very very small article that was already a couple of days old, and. You know, no one was talking about it. So, at the very least, you know, we wanted to shine a light on what had happened here, and um, you know, and it, and it, it turned into a, a larger thing. So, but hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll get a, a good resolution, and and we'll be able to reunite Pablo with his family.
0: So, you said he wasn't a flight risk, and and clearly he wasn't because when he was ordered to leave the country, uh, he didn't. And so, my, my question is. Where do we draw the line here? Now, this this gentleman did, in fact, break the law. He wasn't supposed to be in the country. He continued to work. He continued to raise a family here. But where do we draw the line in who gets to stay and and who has to leave? What's what's your opinion on that?
4: Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think you have to also make sure you understand the the difference between a judicial and an administrative warrant. Um, You know, the fact that uh, Pablo has uh, no criminal record, you know. And, and the police department, when they were called that day, you know, uh, recommended to the base that they let Pablo go because he has no record. Um, you know, he he was paying his taxes, and he had, um, you know, he had applied for a green card, and he was awaiting permanent residency status. So, you know, it showed that he was trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think uh, hopefully a judge would take that into account, that uh, he clearly desperately wanted to stay in this country, and uh, he had a wife who was a naturalized citizen and, and two daughters who were born here. So we're hoping that all of that will come into play, um, you know, when he has his next hearing.
0: So you think this is something that should be left ultimately to the courts, but you think that... In, in this case, the police, the officers that that dealt, it, should have should have used some common sense. But how do you how do you make the determination? <laughs> you know, like how is a police officer supposed to make that determination? Isn't it just black and white?
4: Well, the police officer is not supposed to make the determination. The NYPD does not. Well, they have
0: to make a determination if they're going to arrest him or not.
4: Right, but they look. If the police, if this was if this were an incident with the police, they w- they would have let him go. Okay,
0: so mm-hmm. he's just saying the police would have let him go, but the but the army. I guess it was uh, uh, military uh, police? What was it? Well,
1: it was yes. Uh, it, was,
3: it was military police at the base that turned him over to ICE. Right. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, which is something that, you know, they're still exploring if, they're even, if there's even legal grounds to do that. Um, you know, and I think some people have certainly tried to turn this into some sort of you know, undocumented immigrant versus, you know, the support of the military, which is obviously hyperbolic and ridiculous. Um, what seems like to me is that, and and from, you know, some of the anecdotes that we've heard and, and people have told us and reached out to us that, you know, it seems like there was someone, um, either a new guard or someone who just wasn't familiar with protocol for delivery folks or whatever it is that, for whatever reason, you know, escalated this thing, you know, to a level beyond belief. That you know, otherwise, you know, in in times past, where Pablo showed his his uh, ID NYC, and it was clear that he was making a delivery onto the base, um, he was let in, you know, without issue. So um, it does seem incredibly arbitrary, and um, you know, that's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. And like I said before, you know, trying to figure out why they just didn't. Turn him around and tell him he can't come in. Um, you know that's that's another piece that is that is troubling. Um,
0: this is the first time that we know about this happening at the army base, right? We haven't found out. Julianne would know better than me. We haven't found out anything else of this ever happening before. Not
3: not of someone being detained by ICE. No, but There's
0: but now we're reporting that 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 pizzerias and delivery services within. Bay Ridge were afraid to mm-hmm. to go to the army base for reasons such as is yes. That correct?
3: Yes and yes, a- afraid but also annoyed because they said that they many of these delivery men who are not white uh, felt targeted and felt like they were um, going through ex they were being subjected to extra security measures uh, because they were not white and because maybe they f- maybe the guards were rooting around for uh, something to exploit. That's what they told me.
0: Now, I found that the, you know, in the years covering Fort Hamilton, that the, the security there has kind of ebbed and flowed with the times. I mean, I know there were times when people could just walk across the base. If they worked on one side of the base and lived on the other, they could walk across the base. What's your experience over there, uh, Councilman, getting on and off the base? How often do you go there? How often have you been over there? And, and what's it like to uh, when you were a citizen and now in public office to, to move around over there?
4: I mean, you know, as a kid, I remember going to the base and just walking in. It wasn't a problem. Um, You know, I do remember after 9-11, obviously, security got a bit tighter. But I think the last time I was there was probably a little less than a year ago um, for a senior picnic that we host every year. And I think I just showed my driver's license, and I was, you know, I was led onto the base without much interrogation. I think if you – you know clearly have a purpose for where you're going i think the guard does a you know a quick read that you know where you're heading to and you know he 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 would let you go i mean i think what's weird about the pablo situation is that i can understand you know the security situation where someone shows up posing as a delivery man and you know wants to gain access to the base like it's some Bruce Willis action movie, um, mm-hmm. but in reality, if someone came to the base of the delivery, I would assume it would be pretty easy for the guard to figure out if someone did, you know, uh, make an order that, you know, that would require someone to be delivering food, and I would assume that they just say, okay, yeah, go, you know, we we'll let you in. So, um, the you know, there was some conflicting reports about that, they made him fill out a waiver but i think pablo denied that he ever filled anything out um it's just it just seems like a situation that just that just got out of hand and and snowballed out of control where you know uh, you know he caught someone on a bad day or whatever it is and it escalated to this level that i think is it's you know it's ridiculous uh, but it's it's unfortunate because now pablo is in the situation that he's in when um, you know every other nine of the other ten times that you know he didn't have a problem
1: well councilman you you touched on something earlier that i'd love to go back to um, about you know the reactions to what happened on either you know either side some people sort of blowing this out of proportion saying you know it's it's an, uh, an attack on the army if you're not supportive of what ha- you know they follow procedure and how could you say they did anything otherwise obviously others are very adamant about pablo's release you know, on our on our stories, a lot of those comments are coming from people in your district. So I'm wondering, you know, in the wake of what happened, ha- how you've kind of spoken to constituents on either side, and what what you're maybe telling those who feel, you know, what happened was justified, and and you know how you're kind of explaining why you've taken the stance that you have.
4: Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that. Um you know, I think I've been pretty clear that, you know, you may not agree or believe everything that I believe, but um, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a public servant, and if you come into my office looking for help, you're going to get help. I don't care what party you belong to or any of that nonsense, right? So, um, but stuff like this, where it happened in my district, and I care very much about about the district and how this went down and the message that it sends and the way that uh, this man was treated when you know he came into my district is something that I felt the need to, to speak up about. I think that unfortunately, the political climate that we're in, people very quickly, you know, more quickly than in the past, go, you know, tend to go to their primal, you know, uh, corner when issues like this come up, and you know, um, it becomes a very black and white thing when really it's it's anything but. Um, but. Um, but yeah, I mean I've I've gotten a lot of support for, you know, just sounding the alarm and and hope, you know, it, 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 it's a father and and, and a husband that's been torn apart from his family. You know, that that's that's really the issue here. Um and a guy that was paying taxes and trying to do the right thing and and desperately wanted to be uh, you know, an American citizen so much so that you know, he knew uh, that, that that he had to go back, but he was, you know, he wanted to stay. You know, and I think that uh, you know the larger issue is our broken immigration system. You know, I mean, the fact that, um, you know, we it, it's some people wait decades to become American citizens, and you know that's a real problem. If there was a real pathway to citizenship, then we wouldn't be having, you know, the, the issues that that we're having now. And I think that. Uh, when you have a president who, you know, um, foments this stuff and, 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 you know, wants to build a wall instead of actually fixing a broken immigration system, then this is, this is what you get, unfortunately. But to me, this isn't a Democrat or a Republican issue. It's about a guy who sounds like he was mistreated when he, he came uh... into my district and you know i want to do the right thing here and i want to get him the help that that i think he deserves
0: so you would say that human rights should have no party affiliation is that correct
4: i would i mean look i think it's yes i mean of course you know i think that you know people automatically go to that place now go to that partisan place but that's not what it's about for me you know it's just about doing the right thing
3: Well, how do you what do you make of, um, you know, your fellow area politicians, Senator Golden and Congressman Donovan, who we noted earlier are Republicans in an election year, uh, defending the actions of the base personnel um, and saying that any protests are Donovan said they're, quote, insanity. Golden called it a security incident. What do you make of that, given that you even though you're in different parties, you all do represent an area with a lot of immigrants?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you said it in that they're both um, in the midst of a re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, you know, they're going to amp up whatever they think their base wants to hear, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing is for them is unfortunate. I mean, look, I am very proud and honored to represent, um, you know, to have the only active military base, uh, in the city of New York in my district. I've always had a great relationship with the leadership on the base, um, and you know, have no issue there. But this incident um, is is definitely uh, an aberrant incident and it needs to be addressed and it you know, it can't be ignored. And um, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate that because of the timing when these guys are, you know both, um, you know, in in competitive elections that, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna say stuff that um, is probably more playing to their base than it is uh, what they truly believe. At least that's what I'd like to hope. Um,
0: have, have you reached out to the to the commanding officer of the base? Have you have you? I mean, do you have a phone of a, a direct phone line to him or Yeah, her? absolutely. So they're
4: actually in in the midst of change. There's um, change of command, uh, transition now. Yeah, so they're changing um, the changing of guards there. Um, so we reached out actually to. The base the day before we did the press conference um, and you know, said, look, we just saw this article in El Diario. It's a couple days old. No one seems to be talking about it. But we're about to go public with it. Can you tell us what's going on? Um, and they never got back to us, and we haven't heard from them since. Mm-hmm. Are,
3: are they changing the guards because of this incident, or was that something that was happened that was in the that was slated to happen beforehand?
4: Yeah, it was slated to happen beforehand. So
3: it's it's interesting because the New York Times reported that uh, there was one guard on duty that day who was um, basically weeping while this incident was occurring, uh, who, you know, was apparently trying to convince the other guards not to run this check because, you know, maybe she, he or she knew that, uh, he was not documented, but, but they implied that this person had seen him or knew him from prior deliveries. So that's interesting because that would make sense with, uh, you're saying that they were undergoing changing Personnel at the at the end. Yeah, gate. I mean, I don't
4: know if all. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that 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 all personnel changes when you get a new uh, a new uh, commanding officer. Right. But, um, you but,
0: know.
1: But
3: but uh, if you know if there was like someone who was higher up, someone is someone who was higher up than this person who was trying to defend him, who was moved to the gate. That that that's possible. Sure, but of course, yeah, I mean,
4: that's the couple articles I read. That sounded like right uh, what happened. That the guy was just. Um, you know, he was, he was a subordinate basically. Mm-hmm. And he, the guy who knew Pablo just wasn't being heard or was mm-hmm. being ignored by, mm-hmm. ignored by whoever his, his superior was.
1: And this, this isn't the first time that, um, immigration and customs enforcement officials have, you know, sort of sprung on Brooklynites. They, they, they've, 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 um, arrested some at, the Kings County courthouse, which is right by our office. And obviously Julianne said, you've said you're in a district that's, that is, um, full of immigrants. How, how often are you, you know, is this a concern that constituents are coming to you on the street about every day? Has it amped up since you've kind of publicly taken to Pablo's defense? I mean, how, how real, um, is the threat of this, of, of deportation among, you know, Brooklyn immigrants that you've experienced?
2: I
4: mean, I think it's, I think it's very real. I think ever since Trump was elected, um, it's a very real fear and there's a lot of anxiety. And, um, you know, I've learned that just because, you know, I'm not feeling it, that doesn't mean it's not happening. And there's some very, uh, there's you know your your neighbor that you don't think about is is afraid you know and that's that's a real problem you know um, because if you have you know you, you hear stories about ice arresting parents dropping off their kids at school you, you hear stories about ice you know uh, like ambushing assault victims when they're going to obtain their protective orders and You know, I read an article about ICE, you know, seizing disabled children and raiding hospitals and refusing to to release, you know, uh, detainees that were pregnant. Um, You know, it's a scary time, and I think that if you, uh, you know, consider yourself... Um, whether you're undocumented or, or you're here legally or you're waiting to become a citizen or whatever it may be or you're a naturalized citizen, it just creates this real cl- black cloud that people are really afraid and um, and I think you know to ignore that is is really irresponsible and it's also um, you know it's also just it's, it's' it's reckless because it's it's really out there you know and and these are, uh, you know, p- people that we see on the street every day they're they're my constituents. so I feel the need to, you know to, to stand up for them. Well, there you have it. There you go.
0: All right. well, I want to thank the councilman for coming on and talking to us about this. Have we, have yeah, we missed thank anything, Julianne, everything?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think No, she's so. checking her notes. No, I, I, think, we're, I think we are got Trained it. Trained her well. That's a sign of a good... She's got a
0: little reporter notebook there and a pen.
3: I think we got it.
4: She's going to turn this conversation into
0: like eight stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else going on in Bay Ridge we don't know about or should know about? Did you see John Travolta today? Stuff like that?
4: I didn't, but I just want to go on the record as saying that nobody... That I know ever ate their pizza like he did
0: with the two slices. Two slices together. Not unless you were really hungry. Not, like, you had to be really hungry. Even then. I think in that scene, which I did rewatch this week, and what, what uh, the councilman is talking about is the opening scene of Saturday, Saturday Night Night Fever Day. where uh, John Travolta goes to Lenny's, where he returned to today for a photo op or something. We did send a photographer. <laughs> um, and basically he gets two slices of pizza at Lenny's. And now he's walking back to work and I think he's in a little bit of a hurry. So he takes the two slices, stacks them on top of each other, folds them in the classic okay. New York pizza fold, mm-hmm. and then eats the two slices at once.
1: Interesting. Crust on the on either outside. Well so the cheese that's it's No, no, no.
0: Not like a sandwich. He didn't turn it upside down. He Uh-oh. just put one slice on top of the other oh. slice, folded it and and ate it like that.
1: Huh. So
0: So I, I've never done it. <laughs> but I've also Maybe never, I've stack. never, eaten, I've never eaten pizza in New York City with a fork and knife. Although I have done it in Italy. Well,
4: Maybe people okay. did it after the movie to to emulate him. But no, I don't know where they got that from because I never saw or heard of anybody doing that.
0: I don't know. Did anybody emulate John Travolta after *Saturday Night Fever* came out? I don't think anything came out of that.
4: No, nothing really. <laughs> Johnny. Did. I did in the womb.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy did for sure. Look at him. <laughs> he's still Jimmy's still emulating. It. He's staying
0: alive. Can you give us some moves. He's gonna do some moves. You got? He shows me pictures from his house. He's he's redoing his house.
4: Oh
1: yeah,
0: Jimmy Johnny.
1: You got permits
4: on that? I hope. Oh yeah, no,
0: it's all take. Listen, it's all on the up and up. Right? All right, all right. Trust me. All right, but when he showed me the the floor that lights up, I was like, now nah, nah, you've gone too far. Now you got
1: he's yeah. got that Saturday <laughs> night fever. <laughs>
0: you've gone too far. It's just you've taken it too far. You know, we all love our. You know, things from our youth and stuff, but he's gone too far.
1: You know? You draw the line at a light update. Without floor. question. I draw the line. All right. I want to thank
0: Councilman Justin Brannon for coming on the phone with us, talking to us today here on Brooklyn Paper Radio. So thanks for coming on, and we're going to let you, you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you, cool. Councilman. Thanks, guys. Thank All right. You take nice. care. Oh, and he did it. Do I to hit this button? That was a lot of fun. So that was Councilman Justin Brandon.
1: Always a pleasure to have on the show. It was. He's a great, you know, he's he's
3: got a lot to say.
0: Well, he's out there and, and he takes phone calls, which is nice. <laughs> or there's and we
3: there's love, that. We love when they when they take phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> do. When they let it's us helpful. call them, it's, it's very helpful. I would argue a requirement of being an elected official and a do public. Do you have a server. cell phone number, Julian? Do I have his? Yes. Uh, you should. You know, I. He told me that that number we called was his cell phone, that but, was, but I'm doubtful. His city council yeah, I need. I number. need to. I, I need to, was to was search through. Uh, I'm sure I have. You it have somewhere. to put it on our list. I know. Unless I know. he's always working. Yeah, All his. right.
0: I want to thank Julianne McShane for coming in.
1: Thanks. Thank you, Julianne, and, and for so diligently reporting this
3: ongoing. Now, next story. more next to come. Last
0: question I have for you before you leave is cuz what are you working on right now?
3: <sighs> well, I'm interviewing Jennifer Egan at 3:30. She wrote the novel called Manhattan Beach, which the mayor's mm. office selected as uh, the one book for the city. It's basically oh, to
0: read this summer or something yes. like that. Summer reading. So, I'm interviewing her. What was the shortly. book you read last summer?
3: The book that I read last summer, yeah. um, let's see. I had just graduated from school, so what was I reading? I was catching up on my summer reading. I don't remember. Last summer? I, I, read, I don't remember. I read To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, to I, Kill a yeah, Mockingbird. I didn't read that. It's I'm America's reading, novel. I'm always reading something. I, I don't I've remember what I read that. last summer. What did you
1: read last year? Too? Well, I read a book last that summer. my boss gave me. Um, his name is Vince DiMaselli and the book is called <laughs> On Writing Well.
0: On Writing Good on
1: on writing better um <laughs> and it was a great way to start my summer cuz that's when I started working here and it helped me write gooder
0: you did you you have become a much gooder writer
1: i did and <laughs> you know smartly vince uh, oh is that i a think caller?
0: we're getting i think we're getting a call can oh we oh my c- gosh hey it's uh, brooklyn paper radio you're on the air
2: Am I live on the air? Yeah, you are. Oh my gosh! Oh, Vincent Tony, first-time caller, longtime fan.
0: Gersh Kuntsman, how are you? How's it going? <laughs> it's it's good to hear your voice. It's great to hear
1: your voice again. What, what what can we help you with? Are you down on oh, Fort Hamilton?
2: Yeah, no, I've been enjoying the show. I've been waiting. For the Park Slope Medical One PC. Uh, x-ray to get my hip looked at it took about an hour they didn't get to me but i was able to listen to almost the entire show while waiting online that's america's health care system at its best
5: so
0: let me ask you a question is this a hockey injury
2: yeah i've been playing a lot of hockey you know i'm between jobs again vince if anybody can hear the sound of my voice you should know that i am again looking for work and in the interim i play a lot of ice hockey down at aviator and the end of flatbush avenue and i've gotten um, Banged up a little bit, banged up, and some people are saying that maybe my hip, which, as you know, suffers from osteopenia, which we've discussed on the air before, may be broken.
0: You actually might have a broken hip uh, with your bone. You you do have the
1: bones, Gersh, of an eighty-year-old woman.
0: We we know that for a fact.
2: <laughs> now, I have had that have the bones you? Bones of an eighty-year-old <laughs> sparrow. Then.
1: Speaking <laughs> of your body parts, and no, I'm not going to go there, but. I heard that you were interviewed about your hair in New York magazine. Is
2: that true or false? Uh, uh, That would actually be the venerable New Yorker magazine, Tony. Oh, New Yorker. I I was not only quoted in the New Yorker magazine, but the substantial portion of my book, Hair, Mankind's Historic Quest to End Baldness, Random House 2001, was quoted in the New Yorker. And the guy, Amos Barshad, was good enough to end the story with my quote, which is my daily affirmation. I'm Gersh fucking Huntsman. <laughs> You're welcome. There you have it. <laughs> hey,
0: this is the go-to book on all things hair. Are, are you, you must be really proud of yourself for, I guess, seeing the future, because anytime anyone writes a story about hair or hair loss, they seem to go back to that book. Is that the case, the Gersh? seminal title. Well,
2: Vince, if you know anything about me, I'm always proud of myself. But in fact, that book was an assignment from a, a Random House editor then named John Carp, who um, should give me another book contract because, as you said, Vince, people are still talking about work I did in 2001. That's Why are true. we
1: reintroducing that? I believe we hosted a radio show with you not long ago where another author's book that was written about around then got reintroduced. I think it's time to republish it. Have you
3: sent it to the president? Have you sent a copy of that book to Trump?
2: Well, Julianne, first of all, first time, long time. Uh, I will say this. The president is aware of my work because I have been quoted in, I believe it was Gothamist last year, did a story about the president's hair, and I said uncategorically, it is not a hair weave, it is not a toupee, it is just an elaborate comb-over. So in a sense, I defended the president's hairstyle.
0: Okay. Huh. Huh. That was was very nice. I'm sure. Is that you angling for a
1: cabinet position?
2: I think all you have to do is go on TV, you get a cabinet position. I haven't (laughs) been on TV in a while. I'm more loyal to Brooklyn Paper Radio. You're more of a radio (laughs) guy. Has uh,
0: has anyone ever uh, called you or or interviewed you, especially in New York or something like that, about your other book, Chris
2: Uh, Chris McGo, thank you, Vince, for bringing up my 2007 book about the world's most (laughs) beloved holiday, Chris Mica. That book is out of print, unfortunately, but you can get it on Amazon or eBay for less than 10 cents. Whoa. (laughs) Chris
0: was a, when it came out, it was a triumph, I thought.
2: Yeah. It was. Thank you, Vince. Thank you. You know, I will tell you, I have a new book coming out, as you know, Good Luck Charm, which I just finished during my interregnum between jobs. And I have finished my new play, The Earl, which is about the Earl of Sandwich. It's a musical. I hope you'll enjoy it.
1: Well, well, it's a good thing you're unemployed, otherwise you wouldn't get those things
3: done. <laughs> well, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm between jobs, uh, Tony. I'm between jobs. Fort
3: Hamilton might be hiring guards. Apparently new guards. So. and I,
2: I do have the qualifications, because all I can do is say, ID? Oh, okay. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Hire me. Anyway, guys, i got to get on the bike, even though I have a broken hip. I'm going to an interview at streetsblog.org. Wish me luck.
0: All right, well, good luck well, to you, Gersh. We wish you the best. Cycle safely. Yeah, and please look both ways before you cross
1: time, long
0: time. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye. <laughs> that was Gersh Kuntzman, everybody. What do I got to hit here? I got to hit drop? All right, well, he's wasn't gone. Wasn't
1: that delightful?
0: It's very weird that he he's, he he listens to the show. He's very loyal.
1: <laughs> I, he's the most loyal.
0: He's very loyal. I was going to bring up, but he had to go. One of my theories uh, that we used to have through the years, if you look at the, uh, the when Gersh <laughs> left the paper, he, he wrote a little thing for me, and this little card, it's still hanging up. Uh, in my office, and it says, "Well, we had a good run." Mm-hmm. And there's this little story behind that. Like, he did a story about the um, the food vendors at Red Hook. Did you ever hear this story?
1: I haven't. Okay, no.
0: food vendors at Red Hook were there for years, and they were truck vendors, and uh-huh. they, they're basically the basis for the the vendies and all these awards and stuff like okay. that. Okay, because the food vendors had been at the Red Hook parks for many, many years, and they would sell their food and they make a living doing it, which is great. Um, what happened was. About eh, it must have be about ten years ago now, the Red Hook vendors were like raided by the police because none of these vendors had any of the um,
1: permits, any of
0: the permits or the regulations or anything like that that you need to to run these trucks, and so the city came in and basically fined everybody, and then the the Red Hook vendors went away. And Gersh wrote a story you know, in the paper that was, he was like apoplectic about this. And how could the city do this? How could they come in? And, you know, in some ways, it's very much like what we're talking about what happened Mm -hmm. at Fort Hamilton. And at that point in time, I said to Gersh, well, you know, I have this theory. It's called, you know, they had a good run theory. And he was like, well, what's that? I was like, well, look, for 10 years, 20 years, these guys showed up. Nobody bothered them. They made a lot of money. They did very well for themselves. But that whole time, they knew they were doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. They knew it. It wasn't like it was. It was a risk. It was. A, they were taking that risk. They were getting away with it. And now the cops have come down. The police have. Uh, the city has uh, cracked down on them. And you know what? It's over. They had a good run. They had a good run. And Gersh sat there and thought about it for a long time. Like, they had a good run. They had a good run. It kind of sat with them. But uh, he was not happy with that answer. And I'm sure he wouldn't be happy with. The answer I might say about this gentleman mm. who got kicked out <laughs> of the country—that he had a good run. run yeah, he had like a good run.
3: What? Let's see. When did he get here? I think he got here in like 06. I could be wrong. I, I have my dates. Well,
0: my the point day. is, he was asked—he was asked to leave the country Right. voluntarily right. at some point in time, and he chose not to. Yeah. So 2010. So mm-hmm. for the last eight years, you know, he had—he had a pretty good run, but. That being said, you have to take into account (laughs) all the other things that are involved. Like all of these people involved in this have families here. They are all working hard. They all, you know, Justin Brennan kept saying he's paying his taxes. He's doing this. Mm -hmm. He's doing, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And if he's uh, applying for a green card. Yeah, I'm sure all of that is happening. And there is this theory of, you know, not a theory, but there is as, you know, the son of a police officer who said, who taught me, yeah, you got to use your head. You Mm -hmm. know, and there's no black and white. There's always gray, and you have to be able to make decisions. You do have to be able to make decisions at the moment, and it's always difficult to make decisions um, in tough situations. Mm -hmm. But you got to use some kind of common sense. You have to use some kind of common sense, and you know, you don't want to ruin somebody's life for no good reason. Mm -hmm. But
1: be reasonable is what I hear in my head. Something, something else that you. Inspire in all of us is to be reasonable <laughs> and, and you know, yes,
0: within within reason, think within reason, act yeah. within reason. I've, um, yeah, I've, I've made that argument before. All right, so I want to thank Julianne f- thank for coming you. on. Uh, we do we want to talk about we want to wrap up, we want to talk about our new big story?
1: I mean, I would love to. All
0: right, go get me Cuba. All
1: right, we're, we're doing bring a, a ring. changing the of Julianne? the <laughs> Julianne's, <laughs> we're
0: doing a change. we're going from McShane to Cuba. That's the new and I got to tell you, when I asked Cuba... Go dot Cuba, Cuba was here first, and I, I said to her, you know, Cuba's an only child. Is she now? Yes, yes. I know this because I have an only child. She brought it up one day. And uh, she said to me, I says, Julianne, I'm thinking of hiring somebody else named Julianne. What do you think? And she just went, no. <laughs> Under no circumstance. She's
1: strong in her convictions, but... I, I ignored that her advice. That re- I thought that advice was unreasonable. Unreasonable. I would think a name is not... A deal breaker. I guess it depends on the name, but...
0: But she's here. Is it true, Julianne, when I asked you if I should hire someone named Julianne, what was your answer? I don't know if you asked. Her. I asked you directly. It played a big role in, in the hiring of Julianne McShane. <laughs> you don't remember me asking you? Clearly. You were sitting at your desk. I was standing there. I said, I'm thinking hiring someone else named Julianne, and you said... I don't recall. You said no. No.
1: I don't think I said
0: you that. You totally either. said no. You know, they say our memories aren't what they used to be.
1: Hey, everybody has a different, you know, you know. some people would call that fake news.
0: Why did we bring in Julianne uh, Cuba?
1: Uh, we brought her in to quickly uh, discuss our other big story today, one that she's been working on for months um, and just filed her latest report about, uh, which is the death of cyclist Naftali Ramirez who was hit and killed by an action carding. So
0: driver. wait, this we're not talking about uh, North Korea? Oh right. I, we I forgot
1: now. about Singapore.
0: All right well I think
1: there's a connection, but it I'll let be. Julianne let
0: Julianne, it. let Julianne go. Tell us tell us what's what happened in your latest edition of our uh
1: Blind spots. Blind Spots
0: coverage. Go.
5: Well we just got the report back, the investigation documents from the district attorney's office that we first filed for in february so
0: this is like the record this is everything that they have about this case this is the case file
5: yes everything that we can see that wasn't blacked out
0: and according right. to state law they have to provide this to us if we ask for it yes and they did black out some things Any anything in particular that you were like hmm why'd they black that out i'd really like to know that
5: the first sentence of the conclusion of of the investigation was blacked out which i thought was was odd
0: now do they have to give you a reason why they blacked that
5: particular thing out? Not particulars, just in general. Broad strokes. Yeah.
0: So what was the broad stroke for for the conclusion?
5: If it would cause harm to the family for not wanting to see something like they I think they blacked out pictures of
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that I'm getting another I'm getting, uh, you're raising my Oh, you're trying to bring her up, I see. You to get a little closer to the microphone. What 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 no, you have to just move your face closer to the microphone.
1: Really lean in. You got to lean in. As Cheryl Sandberg would instruct. <laughs>
0: you got it? Try it again. He's trying to get a read on you. Go.
5: What should I say?
0: That's good. Okay. Try again. Uh, no, you have to actually talk.
5: I, I don't know what, what I we was We were talking saying. about
1: um, how <laughs> officials you know, might redact.
5: Oh, yeah. No, they did not provide specifics as to why that sentence was blocked blacked out but, but
1: you found it odd that that
0: sentence would be blocked out.
5: yeah i mean just the, the what was the
0: next sentence do you remember what it said
5: that he could not be held accountable
0: oh that the driver could not be held accountable but the first sentence before was saying blacked out. was blacked out
5: hmm. so i just don't get why
0: well, that's interesting but what else did you learn from stuff that wasn't blacked out
5: that what was the
0: most interesting thing that you found out in this uh Dossier, as we like to call it, in French.
1: May have overused that term in an early edit. (laughs) Go. Uh,
5: Probably the initial collision investigation report from the police department's collision investigation squad who show up to every crash where a victim is either died or seriously injured. Mm -hmm. Um, And police are very... um, I guess conservative with the information that they share when we usually call up. So, to s- actually see the report putting blame on a driver was, was interesting. So,
0: you're saying the initial report was if they blame the driver? Yeah. But wouldn't they always blame the driver? Isn't it always the driver's responsibility when mm. someone gets hit?
5: No.
1: Not in the way they communicate. Mm. If you, you know, DCPI will often send public releases about uh, accidents where, you know, the victim. You know, was in the crosswalk. The victim did this. The victim did that. And even in the the way that they're written, you know, the the narrative is such that the victim caused whatever you know a- accident may have happened. Um, so it was a big. Deal. But in
0: this case, they just said failure to yield. Was that the uh, was that the yes. summation? Yes. Which means what?
5: That. The cyclist, they still, in the report, had not determined which way he was going, if he was also going to make a right or if he was heading straight. But um, as the driver turned right, he did not stop to let the bike list go.
0: Okay. But what ultimately happened was no files were charged, and that makes perfect sense, of course, based on what you read in the report, right?
5: Do I are you asking if I am um, I'm asking
0: you what you what you read what, what what you know what you think
5: I I don't think that the drivers intentionally went out that night with the the motive to to kill someone um I think that's extremely hard to prove which is you can't, it's hard to bring criminal charges. I would think that
0: most garbage uh, men driving trucks are are in fact not trying to kill anyone. Probably no. not. They're despite probably just what you, trying to pick up the trash. Despite what you, what we saw in, in Bensonhurst this weekend. Oh, right.
1: Well, <laughs> that guy well, was he trying was to drunk. remodel a stoop.
0: Did it turn out he was drunk?
5: I think he had a DWI. He was he was, uh,
0: hmm. he was was charged with DWI? I after think after so. That? You don't have to look it up. Okay. Okay. So you read through the report and yes. what, but what did you learn? What did you find suspicious, let's say? Is that a leading question?
1: I think it's an appropriate question, (laughs) given where we are with this investigation.
0: Go.
5: Well, the crash reconstruction expert also said that the driver, had he been paying attention, should have seen the cyclist. Had he been paying attention. Had he been paying attention. Had he been paying attention. attention. (laughs) Yes. The, the Did they check his
0: cell phone to see if he'd been if he'd making was any texts or tweets? That was not in the report. There was they no check of the cell phone because they know what time he made the turn because they have satellite uh, tracking of, the, of these uh, of the vehicles. Correct.
5: Yeah. There was no checking of a cell phone. There was no whether the driver was intoxicated at all because he was only interviewed by phone. Mm -hmm. So he didn't submit to any in-person Well, they didn't
0: find him. They didn't know who he was for a number of days, right? Because they they, they left the scene. And what was the reason why they left the scene?
5: According to the police. According to police, because they didn't know they hit anyone.
0: They didn't know they hit anyone. Now, do you think it's reasonable to assume when driving a a large truck like this uh, that you wouldn't feel uh, running over a bicyclist? Like they wouldn't feel it at all? They just think they hit a curb or something? I don't know. Or maybe they didn't feel anything.
5: I mean, you would think you would feel something, but there are no studies to prove it. According to s- a few experts we've spoken to. Oh, who'd you speak to? We spoke to a few attorneys um, who represent victims, like the driver, the cyclist in this case, and. Um,
0: but saying that that they never felt it, drivers in, in involved in such accidents, this is this is a common refrain.
5: Yeah, that's, according to one of the lawyers, that's a, um, he used the word excuse that they, that they use to say, to, to leave, like, having So you would think at
0: some point in time, someone would have done a study, they would have taken a dead pig, throw it in the street, and run it over with an 18-wheeler and see what happens.
1: Yeah, or a sh- bicycle, we should do or an old bicycle or something, you know.
0: An old bicycle?
1: something reasonable that would... I wouldn't want to ruin an
0: old bicycle.
1: Well, I suppose if it's beyond repair.
0: Maybe they could use one of... Maybe we should get the Mythbusters on
1: this. I think, you know, they should get any sort of good safe streets group, good, you know, what? not good government, but, you know, a group that's interested in in really reforming this, it seems easy enough to kind of simulate. I mean, I've driven U-Hauls. They're not garbage trucks, but they're big trucks.
0: I think the concept that... And it's not put it this way. You feel
1: it. They're sensitive.
0: It's not a steamroller, right? Right. If you're driving a steamroller down the block and you run something over, my guess is you don't feel it because it's a steamroller, and its job is to, to is to it. flatten things. Yeah. Right. Without.
5: I've never ridden in either, so I cannot.
0: Give yeah, I've never driven a, a garbage truck uh, either. Well,
5: and 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 more importantly, but I have
0: ridden. I've I've driven U-hauls.
1: The question. You know, they're not like Cadillacs, they're Tony. Not, they're not meant for a smooth ride. It's no. not a Sunday drive. Um, you know, the, the eternal question that, that we've been asking ourselves is, you know, just because somebody didn't feel something under the wheel of their truck or someone that they hit and killed, does that mean that that person should be, you know, freed from the recklessness of... That led to killing the person. Well, I think that's the key, though. I think that's the, the, the eternal key, question. Well,
0: the key, the key to that question is: was the person being reckless in any way before the accident or while the accident happened? Like I said, let's say he was tweet, uh, he was tweeting, you know, a story he read in the Brooklyn Paper while driving the truck. All right. Uh, clearly, if you if you are distracted while you are driving, you are at fault. Okay. Let's say you don't yield to someone that has the right-of-way, and you hit them. If you don't yield to someone who has the right-of-way, you're acting. You're not driving the way you're supposed to. So you are at fault. Uh, let's, let's say
1: you're behind the wheel without the proper license, which this driver was. He okay. didn't, you know. Well, there you go. That in and of itself could, in my that mind, That in and of seems itself. a little reckless.
0: It could be, Could you know, if he was licensed and it was revoked. I'm sure there's levels of, you know, Areas of are gray there, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly something to be... And that's something we know. And we've talked about, and we know for a fact now that other people driving cars that get into accidents that, you know, in the past otherwise might have been forgiven aren't being forgiven. And I guess in the case of the...
1: Dorothy Bruns in Park Slope. In Park Slope, mm-hmm.
0: who drove into, I guess she killed...
1: Two children? Two kids immediately, and, and then, then an unborn baby. An unborn baby. Died as a result. Because
0: she was driving when she a doctor had told her not to told drive. Told her
1: not to drive. So,
0: it wasn't like she didn't have to drive. It wasn't like, you know...
1: She had a license. She had a license.
0: But the doctor told her not to drive. And now she's being prosecuted.
1: Mm-hmm. For reckless manslaughter.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are here, Julian. I don't know if this is a problem with... Um, I mean... Is it a problem with uh, the the police department not doing their job? Is it a problem with the you know the the drivers driving recklessly or not? I think there's a lot to to look into here, and there's 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 a lot of But the the reality is, you know, there's lots of stories right now about uh, commercial um, commercial garbage commercial based, garbage haulers. Yeah. Uh, we're not the only ones writing stories. I think ProPublica has a piece on a, yeah. on, a on a different. Um, Company fit. And I think that these accidents, because they aren't necessarily rare. I think uh, action carding uh, has has had a number of accidents through the years. I mean, a lot, would you yeah, say? Yeah,
5: five. In five, uh, five fatalities. Five in deaths the past in how many years? Ten years. And according to court records, dozens over the past several years, which resulted in more minor injuries.
0: Dozens of other accidents. Of injuries, yeah. Yeah. And I think anyone that... that you know, watches these trucks late at night. If you happen to see them, you know they tend to,
1: you know. It, you followed one. I never followed one. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, someone. <laughs> it wasn't you. You're right.
5: I want to make one my point. other boss
0: wait. Julianne wants to make one point, and then we're gonna we're gonna close up because Eric's got to go. Um, he's got to uh, get his got suit. That dance floor set <laughs> up. He's got to get the dance floor set up. And he's got to get his suit dry cleaned. <laughs> Um, I and, I, and when I say Eric, I mean Johnny or Jimmy or Bob. Yeah,
1: I was wondering who you were talking
5: yeah. about. I still don't get that joke.
0: But. <laughs> who said it's a joke? <laughs> Go. What's your um, point? My
5: point is that I. It's we shouldn't take away the fault of the drivers in these crashes, but it's also a much larger systemic issue that um, you know we mention these drivers by name, but th- they're just responding to the pressures of the industry and. Not having the adequate like pay or time or breaks, um, so I just think that's important. So you think no. there's a
0: larger issue there as well? Like you think that these guys might actually be under a
1: lot of stress while driving?
5: Yeah, I just don't want that to to get lost. To get and we've again. heard
1: that from our friends, the Henrys, who were on Brooklyn Paper Radio not uh-huh. long ago, um, former and current Action employees.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. who said that? Uh, yeah, there were lots of there. Were, there was lots of pressure.
1: A lot of pressure. You know. Yeah. There you go.
0: All right. I want to thank Julianne for coming on again. Yes. I want to thank Tony for doing what he does. I mean, nobody brings us back to the point better and faster. Just call than me the boomerang. That's it. That's what you do. I bring
1: you back around.
0: Because I could tend to go off on tangents and stuff like that. Julianne, thank you. You can she, go. She's already off to report. I know. She's going out to do things. And I want to thank Justin Brannon for coming on and yes. talking to us about Ford Thanks Hamilton. Thanks to the councilman. I want to thank uh, Jimmy or Johnny or Bobby or Tony Manero or whatever his name is
1: on the board. Uh, And we will see you. Thanks to Vince, always, for leading this ship.
0: All right, well, we try. We'll see you next week (laughs) on Brooklyn Paper Radio.